Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Josie is a new artist who has just released her first single down here and that comes after a long involvement in country music actually as Josie has attended the Junior Academy of Country Music. She was a finalist in the 2019 Gympie Music Muster Talent Search and reached the top 10 of the 2022 Groundwater Kicks Start Competition so not really a new artist just a, a new song, debut song. Hi Josie. Hello, how are you going? I'm very well thank you and I've been so enjoying the song um, which is partly inspired about well partly a song about Australian experiences and places but I'm wondering if that was the inspiration for it if there was something else that you wanted to write about when you started so yeah the inspiration for this song it really came from literally just sitting in the car listening to my playlist going all right what is everyone singing about these days what what is getting people's ears to prick up and I'm like okay everyone's singing about Tennessee (laughs) Mississippi all that stuff and I'm like I ain't never been there I can't sing about it because I think like my whole brand is that I really want to be this genuine storyteller mm. and raw and real and just, you know, put music out there that people are like, yeah, she's speaking facts. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yep, I, I can't sing about Tennessee. And that like line itself was in my head. And I was like, this is, this is a song, I think. <laughs> so I literally, I told Siri, I was like, oi, record this, put the voice memo on. And I like started saying these words and the very first line, which was um, living down here where a truck ain't a four by four. That one is what really took off the, like that's what made the song just go. And yeah, so I had that line and I kind of just tried to piece out other little like, you know, comparisons between Australian and American life mm-hmm. and try and see how it would fit in a song. I had another line in there that didn't make the cut, which was um, something about like the boys have um, the party in the back, but not as much business in the front or something like that. But that it got cut. But I just wanted to give you that insight. So I went through all these different like comparisons and ideas. And anyway, yeah, I took it to a um, local guy here in Townsville. So I'm in Townsville. Um, his name's Ben Penner. And I was like, look, I've got this like killer song I know it's got so much potential what what else can we add in this so we kind of fleshed it out a bit more and then I took it into the studio with M squared and we kind of elaborated on it even further rewrote a big chunk of the song but those lines that I really started with are the ones that were like the solid basis and they were they stuck which I was so happy about (laughs) and um yeah we reworked it and brought it to life so it was very much inspired by all these like comparisons, but then us coming to that realization of maybe country life is all the same. Yeah. So, bit of a story. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's handled really well in the lyrics that you're saying, yes, there are these differences. And it is really evocative of Australian places. So I love listening to it because I'm like, oh yeah, that place, that place. Yeah. But yes, you make the point. We're not that different. Um, yeah. if if we live this lifestyle, in fact, people in general aren't that different. Um yeah. So Ben Penner, whom you mentioned, is that someone you've written with before? Yeah. So we'd actually done like a write probably like months before this. And we were like, we really, we got a song out in, I want to say 30 minutes, like a full song. And it was like rocking. And I was like, this is really good. We need to write together again. But the fun fact about him is that he is actually my media teacher in high school. And he like was in the music industry 
prior to teaching then he went into teaching and now he's jumping back into the music industry so he just released like his um I wouldn't say debut EP he had music out before but this is like his new hello world here I am um and yeah so after I graduated high school we were always like great mates during school and whenever I'd have ideas of music I'd go to him and he'd give me his ideas and we'd share songs and stuff so yeah now that I've graduated three years ago (laughs) we've reconnected as musos and collaborating on songs which I think is the craziest like full circle moment of like I was doing media with you and now we've got this song out there that we both worked on as my debut single I'm like this is insane so pretty special though yeah and clearly you weren't a rat bag student otherwise he wouldn't be interested in collaborating with you now I was a good student I was actually the school captain (laughs) so I had to be a good student yeah yes yeah the pressure is on in that kind of absolutely on yeah yeah um so you were talking about how the first couple of lines you had for down here yeah they remain and they were the spark for it is that usually how you write songs that there's some initial spark and and that always remains the core of the song I think that initial spark is, yeah, it always remains the core. I know like even my first country songs that I was writing, I say that as like when I was a kid, I was probably writing like these pop songs that just said, babe, baby, probably the cringiest stuff ever. So let's let's go to the country stuff. When I was starting to write the country stuff, I definitely know like those core ideas that I that started the song were very much, yeah, the core of it. And I feel like that has passed on into what I'm doing now, definitely. Um, but in saying that, there's been a few times where I get like just one line where I'm like, that needs to fit somewhere in something. And it just, it works. It fits somewhere. So I'm like, okay, put it in there. It's probably not even, but yeah. So it's definitely changed, but that's exactly how it like started for me is getting that one idea and basing the whole song around that. So yeah, those initial <laughs> ideas are crucial. <laughs> Well, I mean, you talk about your earlier songs being cringy and poppy. You were seven when you started writing songs, from what I understand. So why you can give yourself a break. Yeah, I'll give myself a break. I've definitely still got the books lying around and I look back at them sometimes and I'm like, what? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> but I think it's actually so cute. Being, and I'm glad that I kept those books because it's so cool to be able to look back at like stuff that I was doing when I was a little kid. Yeah. And just see how far I've come. And I think about how like proud little seven-year-old me would be to see what I'm doing nowadays. Like this is something I don't think she would have ever imagined was possible. And now that's happening, it's like, wow, holy. Yeah. So when you did start writing those songs when you were seven, were you already playing an instrument or singing? So I was singing. I've been singing like my whole life, but doing like, I'm pretty sure I started doing singing lessons pretty young. Um but I, I don't even have like a huge memory of it, but I was, um, I went into primary school playing violin oh, wow. <laughs> for three years, but I could not tell you anything or play anything on the violin if I picked one up today. Like I was so not engaged. I was probably a naughty student doing that because I right. just go and play Mary Had a Little Lamb and that was it for me yeah. for three years. <laughs> but then it was about at 10 that I started playing guitar which um, my mum, she played guitar. So we always had a guitar in the house and I'd always go up and just, you know, throw my hands at the strings, yeah, <laughs> make some sort of noise. And I, I vividly remember watching like the CMT channel, watching Garth Brooks, like one of his music videos or something, or like, it was probably Alan Jackson actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's just throwing his hands at the guitar and it's making that noise. So I'll go and try that. And I picked up the guitar and I'm like, it doesn't sound like his what is wrong? Like I had zero comprehension of 
how they played guitar. I just thought they just played it, like just strummed. And I think that was probably when I was like, okay, I need to learn how to do this. So mum kind of taught me like the basics. She taught me the A chord, Mm. what the strings were. And then I literally just took it and off I went like YouTube, books, all that stuff. I just flew off and self-taught most of my guitar experience, like all myself. So, but she really ignited it for me. And then I was like, let's go. And off I went. I was so passionate about it. So yeah. When she taught you though, was it on her guitar or was it on a child's guitar? It was on her guitar, but I, so my brother really wanted a guitar for his birthday when he was like, I don't know, five, maybe, yeah, yeah, he was probably five. So we had this little blue guitar in the house as well. Really not a great guitar, but so mum had her guitar and I had my brother's little blue guitar and he literally got it for his birthday and then never touched it. So I'm inheriting this. (laughs) And yeah, I used that to play while mum was teaching me. And then I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm going to play mum's guitar. Yeah. So, my mom's guitar. so yeah, we did have a little guitar in the house for me. <laughs> and then eventually I went and worked for my own very first guitar, right. which I paid for all myself. And I've paid for all my guitars myself. I think that's been my, like, my thing is like, mm-hmm. if I pay for it myself, I feel, you know, a lot more proud. Mm-hmm. To, like, this is my guitar. Yeah. I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you have a dream guitar in mind? Like some people like, you know, a Maiden or that one behind you <laughs> that one amazing yeah okay. I, I started with a tanglewood which was like maybe 500 bucks or something and I it took me forever to save up for it and then when I got it I was like this is the best ever and then like I'd go well when I went into high school like Ben Penner who was one of my teachers and there was another teacher there they all had matins and they'd bring them into school like mini maintenance and stuff and I was like this is phenomenal give me one of them and yeah I've always wanted a maiden and I just bought one last year in April um down in Brisbane when I went down for a trip because I couldn't get this one in like locally for months and they're like yeah you're not going to get it till Christmas and I was like I ain't waiting till Christmas I want it now <laughs> so I went down to Brisbane um for a trip and I was like I'm, I'm bringing a guitar home <laughs> I'm gonna do this so then I finally got my dream guitar <laughs> yeah well, it's a lovely looking instrument sitting behind you. Given that you learned violin, even though it was brief, did you learn to read music then? And were you able to apply that when you were teaching yourself guitar? Yeah, definitely. I think like, I'm very grateful that I had that violin moment because it definitely taught me like some theory basics. It taught me how to look at sheet music, read it. I mean, in saying that, like I was very much someone that would look at the sheet music get told what the notes were, figure out what the notes were, and then just memorise the song and use it to kind of just follow, like, the timing or mm. see where I had, like, breaks or whatever because I wouldn't, like, sit there and go, oh, F, G, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would literally just figure it out first, memorise it, and then just use it as, like, a basis. So mm-hmm. I feel like me doing that meant that I couldn't really do too much, like, sight reading with sheet music, but it definitely helped me, like, just even understand, like, the clef or look at what any of the notes are or figure them out. So I'm very grateful for that because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm assuming that the rest of my musical knowledge would have been a lot more difficult to attain. <laughs> well, perhaps, so, yeah, perhaps you wouldn't have been able to teach yourself as quickly because you would have had to yeah. learn a whole different way. Um, I I have learned guitar for several years. I tried yeah. to teach myself and completely fail. I, I got a teacher. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's amazing that you taught yourself. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty proud that I taught myself. I think I was just really like, I was so driven and yeah, obviously mum gave me the basics. So I 
as soon as I got that, I was just, I'm such a quick learner. So as soon as she gave me those very basic things, I was like, all right, now I know what I got to do. All right. Give me the rest of the notes. How do I play this chord? How do I do strumming? Like, how do I play it without muting every other string? Cause I can't put my fingers on the strings properly. Like I was just researching and watching videos and learning songs and like giving myself little challenges. I was like, if I can learn this, then oh, I'm done. I'll put the guitar down. Didn't would go and learn another one. Like, Got it. so yeah, <laughs> lots of dedication. And it's paying off. Now you mentioned Alan Jackson and I believe that Alan Jackson was one of the artists you would listen to as a child um, on your father's road train going through the Northern Territory along with another. So that was your country music education. Who else was in that education? Yeah, so Garth Brooks was a big one. The Dixie Chicks, known as the Chicks now, mm-hmm. um, they were huge. Um, who else? Oh, there's. I've been telling a few people this. There was this song that was like the customary song that had to happen if we were going on a truck trip. We'd at least hear this like five times. And if it didn't happen, it's like, what happened to the song? It was If You're Going Through Hell by Rodney Atkins. That was on repeat. Like if they had, you know, Spotify replay back in those days, dads would have been that bloody song going over and over and over because we would just listen to that every time. But like we didn't get sick of it. I'd be sitting there in the passenger seat screaming it, if you're going through hell, like we'd be proper getting into it. So that one definitely brings back memories of the truck every time I hear it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's there's long roads, long highways in the Territory. Um, I love looking at the landscape in the Territory, but for for a child I imagine it was a bit boring. So that would have been your entertainment, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was definitely my entertainment. I think, like, my brother definitely thought it was boring, but I was sitting there like, wow, look at, like, the landscapes, look at this, or we'd pull up at, like, Devil's Marbles. I don't know if you know where that is in Northern Territory. Like that's one of my favorite places, which is just a bunch of rocks on the side of the road. (laughs) But it was just so incredible to me. I was like, this is wow. What? So I always have had like such an appreciation for just the country landscape. And Mm -hmm. I think traveling through, yeah, Northern Territory, Western Australia and seeing like the dirt color change from Queensland through NT and then Mm -hmm. going to WA, like, and then seeing the Boab trees and like Western Australia when you get to like that side of the Northern Territory border, like all that stuff, I always really, I really took it in. I was very observant and I just loved that stuff so Mm. much. And I love taking photos. So (laughs) I was always getting dad's iPad or something and taking photos of everything. I've got like pictures of my Crocs with like marbles in the background because I thought that was cool. I was like, let me take a photo of everything I can and make it artsy. (laughs) Crocs in the devil's marbles. (laughs) So, yeah, I loved all the landscape stuff. It was my favourite. And have you written any songs about this, about travelling through these landscapes? I sure have. And Between You and Me, it might be the next single coming out. It's good. Because <laughs> the way you just described it there was so poetic. I was like, I hope she's written some lyrics. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. <laughs> but going back to down here, because I've taken this away from the song, it has a very infectious hook. And given the music you loved growing up, I can tell where your how your ear's been trained into infectious hooks. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's an, much of an earworm for you as it has been for me. Absolutely. Look, like I've been playing it in repeat, on repeat in my car for the last like four months. And going like, oh, my God, I can't believe people, like, real people are going to be doing this too to my song. I'm just sitting there like jamming because I figured if I keep listening to it and I get sick of it after a period of time that it's not good. And I'm so far not sick of it. I mean, when I hear, like, 
get on car. I'm like, right, yeah, we did listen to this already at the start. <laughs> let's, let's skip it. Yeah, but right. like all my friends, they send me videos of them listening to it and singing along to it. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's me. Like I still get so excited about it. And I think just being my debut single, it has just been such a big excitement because it's like, oh my God, that's my face on Spotify. Like that's, that's so weird. But it's been like such a, wow, okay, yep, this is happening. Um, stuff is happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's stuff is definitely happening. Um, and you worked with M Squared on this, um, as you mentioned. How did you come to choose them? Because, you know, there are a few options for producers. There are a lot of options. And I think that's, it made it really hard for me. Like I, I never really knew anything about producing music or how you even started to get a song out there. And it took a lot of like just researching stuff seeing what other people are doing and going like how did they even get to the point that it's going on Spotify I didn't even had no idea so did so much research and I'm studying a bachelor of music performance specializing in songwriting at Collarts which is based in Melbourne so I do that all online and that's actually where I found Michael Painter who mm. works in M squared and he did like a guest spot um in one of our so we did like a forum class every week where all the performance students would come together and you'd have a guest artist it was all on Zoom too, like crazy what we were able to do. Um, but, yeah, he came in in like the first trimester and he performed an acoustic version of Great Southern Land. And I was like, what? <laughs> that is incredible. Um, who are you? <laughs> I need to work with you. Because then he was talking about like all the stuff he was doing and like a session musician with Ice House, all that stuff. And I was like, where, who are you? Where have you been? Um, I need to make a song with you. And then it was like a couple of months later, he did another guest spot in our songwriting class Mm -hmm. and we got to like share some songs and he gave us some feedback on it, like as part of the class. And he gave me some feedback on a song and I was like, well, now that we're here, uh, (laughs) what do I have to do to come and, you know, record a couple of songs with you? And yeah, the rest is history. We went on and organized it. So I'm so glad that they had him in for that you know, guest spot because that introduced me to him and I was like, wow, okay, yeah, this is what needs to happen. I was (laughs) manifesting it and it worked. And you also made a music video for the song. Um, You looked, well, in the video you looked like you you enjoyed the process. Did you actually enjoy the process? (laughs) I did. I had a lot of fun. I think being like the first music video, I feel like it would be the same for everyone. It's like, wow, okay, this is my song. I get to kind of like come up with all these creative ideas for how the video is going to look. And it just feels like such a really cool moment to, you know, see everything that you've come up with come to life and, you know, coming up with all the shot ideas and, you know, the location, which for me was at the North Queensland Elite Rodeo Grounds. We did every single shot at those grounds. Like it was my one-stop shop. It had everything I needed. It had an arena it had a bar, it had a barn, it had paddocks. It was like perfect. And I love that place so much. It's yeah, it holds a special place in my heart. So I was like, this is just perfect. I have to do it here. And yeah, we did one day, um, the first day, which is where we just shot the um, performance scene in the barn. And that was the only scene we did in the first day. But then the second time that we went back, we did four scenes in the same day. So it was a bit of a difference to what we first did, but I'm glad that we kind of toned it down for the first session so that I could at least get used to lip syncing my song Hmm. I was like this is a bit weird but you know once we got into it I was like okay yep I'm I'm vibing I know what I need to do now so I'm glad we had that to like preempt what we were gonna do in that next 
Um, but it was a lot of fun. And especially the bar scene. I had like half of them were strangers, which were not strangers anymore, as you could imagine. We had a great time. I hope they had a great time. <laughs> <It was like laughs> one song on repeat. I gave them stubby coolers, so they should be right. Yeah, there you go. They can continue having a great time with yeah. those stubby coolers. Absolutely. I mentioned at the top that you went to the Academy of Country Music, the Junior Academy. Um, and I've noticed that that a lot of artists who go to whether junior or senior form connections that endure. So I'm wondering if that was the case for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like all of my my OG country like friends, my country music friends, all we all formed at the academy. Like we had such a great group. I yeah, I really miss our year. Like we had so much fun. And everyone just, we all were so connected and everyone was just like, wow, that this is crazy. There's so many like-minded people that we all, you know, want to play country music. We all love country music and we all want to sing and make a career out of this. And I think that was really special to be able to connect with a group of, you know, people that are the same age as you or, you know, thereabouts that, yeah, have the same ideas and love the same things as you. Because obviously going to school, like, and you like country music back back in my primary school days because I'm such an old soul <laughs> you know like people would be teasing you for listening to country music mm. it's like you're kidding it's huge nowadays so I'd love to see what those people are doing now probably listening to Morgan Wallen um and anyway <laughs> you know so being able to get myself in that group of people that you know had those same interests in mind it was like wow okay this is this is great. Like we're going to be best friends forever. Yeah. So, and we all still stay pretty connected. We've all got each other on socials and, you know, seeing what everyone's been doing and chasing their dreams. I think that's been incredible. Just, yeah, to see how far everyone's come. It's insane. And everyone has done some incredible things. So how, yeah. how old were you when you went to the junior Academy? I was 15 turning 16. Right. Like, I literally went the week before my 16th birthday. Okay. It yeah. always blows my mind <laughs> anyone at that age actually. Yeah. It's because it's not like, oh, anyone can go. You do have to apply and you have to have yeah. achieved a certain amount in terms of your musical development before yeah. you can go. So I mean, obviously, as you said, you taught yourself guitar, you were writing songs, but still, you know, 15 to yeah. Do that. yeah. Crazy. I know I remember the day that I got the email that they were like, You've been accepted. Um, you're coming to the academy. And I was like, What? <laughs> it was actually like such a, an exciting day, I think. We went out and got milkshakes or something. <laughs> I was like, yeah, celebration. And, yeah, I was so pumped and everyone around me was just so excited that I was accepted into this academy and they're like, oh, my God, you got a Tamworth? Like, you know, at that time it was just such a big thing for me considering I hadn't done, like, any shows or anything. I hadn't exactly travelled for music. I was 15. Like, yeah. I hadn't really done much at all. Um, and, yeah, it was a really incredible moment to find out that I was accepted into it. And then when all the preparations were underway, you know, getting ready to go down there. And I went with my mum um, mm-hmm. during your course, you take your parents. Well, mm-hmm. quite a bit. and yeah, it was just such a cool time. So yeah. good. <laughs> well, given that you had a few things in place for a while, so you had Junior Academy, you had the Gimpy um, uh, Talent Search, all those things were happening. It seems like you would have been ready to release music earlier, and I'm imagining you had the songs ready to go. So was it a case of the pandemic delaying your decisions or you just felt like now's the right time? I feel like yes and no with the pandemic. Like, obviously, that stuffed around everyone. That's undeniable. Um, but I think like, obviously, yeah, back in 2018, when I did the Academy, I was so keen. I was like, oh, put me in a studio. I want to go and record a song. But I think like looking back, I'm so glad that I didn't 
like my songwriting and my brand, my performance, I don't think anything was ready back then. Like, obviously, I probably thought it was at the time, but I'm so glad that I've waited mm-hmm. and, you know, done it how I've done it. And even like in the last couple of years, I could have done any sort of song and thrown it out there. But again, like, I just felt it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to rush anything. I didn't want to do anything in halves. I was like, no, nah, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to work with some great people, build a good team around me and yeah, come up with something that I can be really proud of for many years to come. I don't want to look back and be like, how do I take this off Spotify? So (laughs) I was like, I'm so glad that I have waited and yeah, put in all this hard work, Mm -hmm. which it has been a lot of hard work and I've done everything all myself. I've independently managed everything. I've funded everything all myself. I haven't Mm -hmm. got any grants. Parents haven't paid for anything. I've literally put my entire life into this. And I think that's made it like even worth more worthwhile for me. I feel so proud of it because I have put so much hard work into it. So it's been a labor of love, but it's here. That is phenomenal. I mean, because, but as you said, when you worked hard to get your first guitar, that meant something you've worked hard to, and it's not, it's not inexpensive to get even one song recorded and especially to add a video on top of that. So congratulations. That is a huge achievement. Um, Small car. I think you're, you know, you're achieving other things as well on social media because I looked at your TikTok profile and you have almost yeah. 11,000 followers. I know. And that's been in itself insane to me. I, it, just in the lead up to the release, I was putting out little teasers and coming up with these little videos and it literally gave me 10,000 followers in two weeks and my notifications would not shut up. I was like, how does anyone do this? <laughs> I muted them. I was like, I can't do this. It's only 10,000 of them, but I can't do it. And it's just been insane. Like I did not think that it was in any way, shape or form going to blow up like that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it did, I think that's really helped me, like especially in release week, everyone was just so keen to hear it because I've just been teasing them like crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were so excited. So I think that really pushed a lot of like TikTok fans over to like Mm -hmm. Spotify or um, whatever streaming platform, which was amazing. I think that helped me so much. Um, but now, like, since I released it, I feel like I've kind of dropped off a little bit. I was just like, oh, my God, so much is happening, and I haven't really put too much, you know, effort into it again. So I know I need to jump back in and, you know, retain the momentum because, obviously, that's what what you got to do. <laughs> but um, I think it's been good, though, that I've taken, like, the last week and a bit to just chill out. And I just had, like, my big show opening for Brad Cox last night. So I've taken my time to just sit down, soak it in. And now I think it's, yeah, time to get back on the grind. <laughs> get those TikTok videos out there. Get get what the people want. Particularly because, as you mentioned, new music may be coming pretty soon. So it sounds like you have at least one song lined up, um, uh, but I would imagine you have some others, if not recorded, then written. Yeah, absolutely. I've got so many in the back pocket that I cannot wait to take into a studio. Um, but, yeah, another one coming later this year and back in the studio later this year as well. So, Hopefully we've got some more well on their way. Well, Josie, it has been an absolute delight to talk to you um, and love the song and so great to hear some of the backstory behind you and your career. So I look forward very much to the next song and I'm sure people can check out your socials for details of where they can see you live. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.